ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. About to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Vortex Optics. Proudly made in the USA, Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head over to SasquatchFuel.com. Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand, and that's exactly what TAP delivers. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So we're on for <laughs> take two. Got a few of these coming, man. Uh, Losing, losing episodes here with the uh, technology issues, but uh, we're on with Elmer and Diego Otero, Main Beam Addiction. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time again. How we doing? Good. Good, guy. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Just fine Saturday morning. So you guys are uh, you guys are after it, huh? We had baseball practice this morning, got some weigh-ins for uh, wrestling. So the little dude there is uh, full schedule. Yes. Diego, what uh, what position do you play in baseball, man? Um, I play second base. Oh, nice. Infield. So you got some skills. Kind of. I guess. <laughs> I, I saw a uh, recently saw a wrestling clip of you. That was uh, 
that was impressive too. Which which do you prefer, or the you love them both equally? I like baseball a lot more probably because I've been playing it since I was really little. What? Uh, where's the difference lie? What do you like about baseball more than than wrestling? Um, I don't. I just like going with my dad on the baseball field and hitting balls and being on the field with all my teammates and wrestling's like just a a one person sport it's just you and another kid on the mat mm-hmm. you know that that's funny that you say that cuz my daughter was a i say was i don't know if she get upset with that but uh played soccer and she ran track for a little while and that was one of the things that she said she didn't she didn't like the pressure of all eyes on her um as fast as she was and she preferred you know the same the same thing on the soccer field that camaraderie and then that team sport atmosphere so right so man let's jump into hunting bud um why don't you give us a little background um you, you've been at it for about 35 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> why don't you give us a little background on your hunting and your outdoor life? And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there, buddy. Um, well, I really started hunting when uh, my sister was going to go take her hunter safety test. And I was only in first grade, so I didn't know how to read yet, but I wanted to go with her. But my dad told me I couldn't because I didn't know how to read yet. So, um. I got to, into second grade and I started learning how to read and I was able to get my hunter safety in second grade. And then from there, um, my first one I went on was with my dad and my grandpa. We went on a bull elk hunt for my dad, a bow hunt. And um, we saw a bunch of elk and all kinds of deer. And um, one morning, my dad went out when me and my grandpa were still asleep, and he went and went to go try to kill something. And me and my grandpa woke up, and he wasn't there. We just um, we went to the fire, and we started. My grandpa started a fire for us, and we had s'mores for breakfast. <laughs> so just getting to see a bunch of animals and spending time with my grandpa, and my dad made me want to start hunting a lot more. Nice. That uh, s'mores for breakfast thing, man, that sounds uh, that sounds like that's right up my alley, but Yeah, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> so so would you have had s'mores for breakfast if dad was around, or is that a grandpa-only thing? That's grandpa-only thing. <laughs> there you go. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. We, we, wouldn't be worried, we, wouldn't be worried about make, we wouldn't be worried about making weight for wrestling if we did s'mores for breakfast every morning. <laughs> You know, he wouldn't be making weight, so. <laughs> I'm sure he's burning that off. Oh, yeah. <sighs> um, <laughs> so what's your what's your favorite animal to chase, Diego? Um, well, mule deer was my favorite animal, but now that I had my orcs hunt uh, a few weeks back, um, I think orcs might be my favorite thing to hunt and probably my favorite thing to eat. The, um, I shot my, we went on the orcs hunt and the first day, it was on the missile range in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was in Socorro. And um, the first day we went, 
and they had to tell us all the rules and we were able to hunt, but it was pretty cool because we got to see a bunch of um, jets flying around chasing each other because it was on the missile range. And luckily the first day we got to hunt and we got on a group of orcs, but they were just too far for me to shoot. So the first day we didn't get nothing and we came back early the next morning and we were able to get on some orcs and I was able to, um, we got up, we were, we were kind of in like a little arroyo. So when we were standing up, we could see him. But when my dad put me on the sticks, I couldn't see the arroyo was too tall. So we got out. And there was a bigger, a bigger bull and a bigger and a smaller bull, and uh, the the bigger bull was in front, and then there was the smaller one, and the bigger bull spotted us and he went off, but um, the smaller one was still a pretty good orcs, and I I wanted to, he was a good orcs, and it was my once in a lifetime, so I wanted to make sure I got a good orcs, so um, I took a shot, and I was able to harvest an orcs. I, I saw the pictures of that. Yeah, that's a stud animal, man. Congratulations. I know you were looking forward to that. Thank you. And then outside. And then, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. And then after that, we took him home and we put him in my uncle's freezer and we let him sit for about a week. And we um, we started cutting him up and we took all the meat off. And my uncle has like a little... What kind of stove is it? Oh, it's just a little pot belly, pot belly stove at the top there that we have the cooler and everything set in, and all all the meat kind of stuff sitting in the shop. And Diego and his cousin decided to cook up orcs as we were cutting up. They were they were making steak for everybody as we were cutting up meat. So, yeah, full involvement, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So Diego, before uh, before this orcs hunt, man, you had a uh, you had a pretty good season uh prior to that man you want to tell us about that deer you shot um we went and that hunt was all about my dad teaching me that um i had to take a mature buck because we went the first day and we saw about five or six bucks but they were they were too small to shoot and i was um i was kind of sad that i didn't get to shoot him but my dad said that I had to shoot a mature one I I had already shot a small one so we went the next day and we saw some more young bucks that I wasn't able to shoot and um so that day we didn't shoot nothing and so the last day of the hunt um we went and we got onto a we glassed um we glassed a pretty good buck from a ways away and we started um going out there taking our packs with us to go out there and um we got to a pretty good range to where I was able to take a shot but those does were kind of kind of being rude cuz they kept getting in front of the in front of the um deer and then he he got broadside out at 287 yards, and I was able to um, harvest him. 
that's pretty funny i've never heard it put that way the does were being rude i'm going to use that from now on that's awesome man being selfish (laughs) that's it so uh (laughs) i'm gonna laugh about that all day what uh diego so you're your family has been hunting for for a long time. Your dad guides. Um, grandpa gets out there. How has that? Yeah. How has that impacted you? And and what values do you find in that? How? What does hunting mean to you? With that history and your time in the field. Um, hunting's a lot of fun. Mostly because I get to spend a lot of time with my family. Even even if we don't kill one, it's still a lot of fun because we went out there and we spent time with each other and we just glassed and did all kinds of fun stuff. Now, do you help spot on, on hunts that aren't yours? What What's your role when it comes to that family time if, if you don't have a tag? Um, it's just as fun even if I don't have a tag to just go and spot the animals and find them for the person that has the tag. So you enjoy every aspect of it. Yes. Good on you, man. Good on you. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, for the lack of a better word, I mean, your brand, Main Beam Addiction. Tell us, you know, how you started that, why you started Main Beam Addiction. Um, well, I told my dad that I wanted to have some kind of hunting company because I, I saw bull effects and hush and all of those things. So I wanted to have my own. And so I came, I wanted to have my own outfitting company to go guide because hunting's my favorite thing to do. So um, I, I was in third grade and I came home from school with a drawing of a mule deer and MBA and be addiction by it. And um, my dad put it on a couple of hats and shirts and me and my dad and my family started wearing it. People started liking it a lot. So my dad started making more and more talk and at my uh, county fair where I show my animals, I, I sold it there and that's when people really started liking them. So my dad bought even more stock and that's when we started trying to get the trademark through. And um, so um, on December 3rd uh, in 2019, we, we got the trademark through. So now we have it under mine and my dad's name. And um, we have, we got um, a Main Beam Addiction, um, a Main Beam Addiction website up, mainbeamaddiction.com. And um, so we're starting to get that out there. So with the outfitting company, um, how are you, how are you working towards that? I mean, he, his deal guy is, um, he was, you know, at a young age, of course, we kind of talked, touched about it as far as, you know, wanting to be outdoors with me and with all his other activities and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty easy. He's actually like, for instance, next weekend, he's got the state tournament for wrestling. And um, he actually, New Mexico Game and Fish put a, a little hunt together on, on the ladder ranch down south for javelina. And they're, they're taking 10 kids out there to go hunt javelina. And Diego was one of the lucky ones to be able to go get picked to go, go on that hunt. So he's going to miss the state wrestling tournament to go on a javelina hunt, you know. So 
it, he just um he's kind of he, at a very gate wanted to be out in the woods and he enjoys it i don't care if we're you know here on here in the back we have quite a bit of alfalfa farms and stuff or you know alfalfa farm here in the back and if he's not out there shooting his bb gun he's out there with his bow and it's just something to do with the outdoors and that he has a passion for and uh it's 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 second to none it's all he really wants to do so i i would uh i remember leaving for out to hunt and camp and he would man i just hate to leave him behind because he was just bummed out crying you know really upset that i wasn't taking him he, he never understood the fact that i was going out with hunters and i was going hunting and he could not go with me you know um, so it was kind of hard at, at first and once he got to about seven he kind of understood that you know, we had paid hunters coming into camp and I just couldn't take him with me as, you know, as there's, as I was taking hunters. So it, ever since then, he's been kind of something he's wanting to do is put an outfitting company together just because he wants to spend every minute he can out in the, out in the woods. Good on him. <laughs> Good on I, him. I, I kind of envy him if that's what he wants to do at this, this stage of the game, you know, it's, yeah. it, yeah, uh, to, to be that, no offense, Diego, to be that young and to be that passionate about it and have that type of foresight and drive is uh, is next level, man. So, yeah, good on you, Diego. Thank you. You know, I, I told him, I, I told him we can go hunt Javelina next, you know, this year we can go hunt him later on. Let's go in a state championship for wrestling. And he's like, no, nope, I want to go kill Javelina. So <laughs> you got a pretty good shot of being a state champion. You'd rather go kill one of them stinky pigs. So, <laughs> but so will, will that be another first Diego? Is that, that'd be your first Javelina? Yes, sir. And then, um, um this, this later this year, we're going to go with my cousin. Um, he's eight years old, and we got him to go through hunter safety. And um, we're going to um, take him out there with us to um, a place in New Mexico in Bernalillo, and we're going to take him javelina hunting um, so that he gets to kill something because he hasn't got to draw anything at all this year. So... Will you be showing him the ropes? Will you be, yep. you know, semi his guy? That that's pretty. I mean, that's a pretty good start, right? Yes. That's awesome, man. Um, I had a I had something for you, and I kind of lost my train of thought there, thinking about that doe being rude. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, main, you know, so main beam addiction. I know you had some some goals with main beam addiction as far as getting other uh, youth hunters in the field. You want to give us a little bit of background on that? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, well, I just, I want other youths to experience the fun I have going into the outdoors and spending time with my family. Cause it's just a lot of fun to be in the outdoors and to have fun. And I want other youth to be able to experience the, the, um, stuff I have. So you had, uh, we talked before you had talked about, uh, some turkey hunting. Yes. Why don't you, uh, why don't you give us a little bit about your turkey hunting and uh, what you did last year and what you got coming up with it? Uh, th last year, well, it was actually three years ago, two years ago, that I went um, for, well, I had actually just 
uh, got my hunter safety in the the next week. I was um I was called that um for my New Mexico um for the National Wild Turkey Federation. They um raffled a tag off and they um they um auctioned auctioned a tag and I um was the lucky winner of the um raffle. So um they called me and they told me I was the first youth in New Mexico to get to go hunt a gold turkey in the boot hill of New Mexico. So me and my dad went out there with my uncle and my grandpa the first day and um my my dad and um so we went and we stayed at one of my uncle's friend's house and the first day we went and we got by some turkeys. And it sounded like my dad was calling coyotes and not turkeys. <laughs> On blast, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't take the elk hunter to the turkey woods. <laughs> so. so we didn't get nothing that that weekend, and we went the next weekend, which was uh, the second to last weekend, and um, the the guy that bought the tag in um Tennessee. Um, his name's Wayne and he bought the tag and he came down and we met him. And the funny thing was before the hunt, he sent me a box of, um, call turkey calls. And on the packaging, he said for Diablo Otero, cause he thought my name was Diablo, not Diego. <laughs> when we got down there, he was like, hi Diablo. And we were like, Diego. <laughs> so it sounds like, man, on that uh, on the turkey hunt, man, you're blaming Dad's call and said he sounded like coyotes. <laughs> so then, then whenever uh, Wayne got there, we had somebody that could call him in pretty good, and he came and <laughs> a little bit, and he called the turkey in, and he was able to get one. He hunted one, and um, it was it was um. We, he didn't know if I was going to get one, and he had to go back. So he uh, gave me his old turkey because he wanted to. He wanted me to have one at least, so he gave it to me. And um, we were able to luckily go back last day, and a um, guy named Don Fell um, from the National Wild Turkey Federation came down, and he um, helped us, and we spotted turkey on the top of a mountain and then we got set up and he called them in they came in and i was able to harvest a gold's turkey and i was pretty happy that was the first youth in new mexico to get to shoot a gold's turkey so you got all these first man i mean you're doing you're you're hunting stuff that guys uh the guys dream of yes yeah it's he's he's been pretty fortunate guy he's he's uh his his antelope was actually on his his uh my brother in law and sister in law's ranch. That was his first big game kill. That was that was a little gift to him. If he passed hunter safety when he was eight, they'd give him an antelope tag. So he's he's been he's he's probably killed he's killed a lot more than I have. Put it that way. <laughs> Man, I mean, species wise, he's he's doing better than most. Yes, sir. Heck yeah, yeah. man. And that's, you know, if I could step in there for a minute, that's kind of the, that's what's neat about, you know, the, the hunting industry and like you with, with the opportunity to do this stuff, guys, you get to meet such great people and kind of everybody in the same, same realm that we're in, you know, and it's just something we enjoy. And 
not every day do you get to meet uh, the people we do in the elk woods. Uh, you know, guiding elk hunters, we got guys from back east and California and Washington. And you name it, they come down and hunt. And it's just a different vibe when you meet people and you know in, in the industry that we're in. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, there's, and that's the plus, man. I mean, there's there's just so many so many outstanding individuals um and the amount of people that are willing to help not just youth um but just in general is man when you open your eyes to it it's just like whoa you know where where has this been right it's it's flipping awesome man you know you go back to the social media thing i know we talked about that prior in the prior podcast and stuff but you just you know we wouldn't be we wouldn't be discussing this with you if it wasn't for that i mean i've We've never had any of our, you know, guided stuff online or anything like that. And um, it's just, it's pretty neat to be in touch with like-minded people across the U.S. and, you know, get to follow along, follow their stories. I mean, a good one is, uh, I believe his name's Jared from Hunt League. His, oh, his, yeah, Jared Newman, my buddy. His boy, his, his boy JJ. Um, I... I really didn't know who he was until, you know, listening to your podcast and I kind of looked him up a little bit. I mean, we've been messaging back and forth. Now the proclamations for New Mexico has been coming out and we're, we're trying to get JJ and Diego lined out to get at least a Turkey hunt come April, you know, together. And just, I mean, it's, it's awesome for that, that kind of repertoire, if you want to call it, or that kind of, you know, Mm, yeah, the connection, that community. (laughs) Yeah. the, The community coming together and, you know, getting to meet new people that have the same passion and it's good for the kids. It'll be good. You know, JJ and Diego can talk back and forth hunts and them being in Colorado, us being in New Mexico and stuff like that. And heck, you never know. They may be old like us and be pretty good hunting buddies by the time they're already. And, and that's the plus, right? I mean, our, our demographic is fairly small, um, but that connection, the immediate connection that you have with people that share the, you know, the same passion and you're not going to connect with everyone, you know, but for all the, for all the ugly, you know, everybody talks about social media, man. I, I think if we focus on the good aspects of it and, and building a community um, and inspiring guys like Diego and JJ, um, man, that's what's going to carry us through and, and, and help keep this tradition and this lifestyle alive. Exactly. And, you know, there's, there's, you got your, the small portion of hunters and gatherers like we are, you know, and then you got the non hunters and the majority of the people just aren't one way or the other. But if they get the bad of it, well, you know, it's, we, I get, you know, working, working, I got a bunch of guys that hunt with us and stuff. And they're like, man, you guys always take such great pictures of the animals and stuff. Like it looks like they're, you know, that's part of the image. If we, you know, if we put that stuff out there, you know, just, it doesn't doesn't look good sometimes, you know. And the non-hunter sees that and says, "Well, okay, that that's not a good image for them hunters," you know. And that's a hard one. That that's a hard one too, right? Because I struggle with that at times, and I think everybody does. Um, Correct. But the way we present it and what we're up against, man, I, I think it's hugely important that we represent it in the in the most respectful, the cleanest light. And I know there's there's folks that say, you know, oh, I'm going to just do it. This is what it is. Um, I get it, but we we really can't have that attitude because of what we're up against. It just doesn't do us any favors, man. So I, I appreciate um, the impactfulness of a respectful picture versus, you know, just 
hey, we're going to put it how we how it is, you know. Right. Being conscious of that stuff is uh, is a pretty big deal. It is, and that's something, you know, Diego, back from Hunter Safety, he remembers the old, and I'm sure there's a number of guys out there listening, or maybe even yourself, you know, there's, remember the video of Hunter Safety where they just, you know, have four or five deer laying over the hood of a vehicle going into the country, you know, going into the store, gas station, whatever it is, and, you know, the little school bus goes by and all the kids are looking at it like, man, that's just wrong, you know? It's it's an image, and like I say, going back to the social media, that's where all of us, I think, are doing a pretty good job of keeping everything and trying to keep everybody on in tune and showing the harvest, but actually what we do after the harvest. You know, it's everything we do. We we process all of our own game. We you know we package all of our own game, and it's all sitting in the freezer. So it's uh, I think we ate Diego's orcs for a week straight. We started off green chili stew and. I think it was, yeah, it was a a week straight of, of his Oryx. So it's full circle. How is that Oryx meat, man? I've heard, I've heard mixed reviews on it thus far. It's second to none. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best meat in the whole world. It's better than deer even. Yeah. Diego really likes deer and that, that Oryx meats. It's, it's good. It's really good. You had a buddy that, uh, that, tagged out this year on one and he said i don't, I don't think i really like it um, oh really yeah so and then i you know you guys and i forget who else i was talking to and was like man what is he talking about that meat is delicious yes it is it's it's really good it's um it's definitely a different animal but it there the, the meat on it is it's it's just you know your basic red meat and it's it's really good Diego, you had something going on or trying to trying to pursue something with the Mule Deer Foundation. Um, you know, I have to refresh my memory on that. Um, so what is uh what what are you working on with them with Main Beam? Um, well with Main Beam Addiction, I, I wanted to help youth out, but I wanted to help the Mule Deer Foundation out too, because Mule Deer have been I've been able to harvest three of them and they've been one of my favorite things to hunt and um, we aren't getting very many big ones that much anymore. So if we help the mule deer foundation out a little bit more, they'll help the mule deer and you can find them in the sagebrush of New Mexico or the hills or the mountaintops of Colorado. But the conservation aspect of hunting coming from an 11 year old, is phenomenal um elmer i'm sure that you have some input on that but i imagine after talking to diego a couple times that that's something that is spawning from his thought process as well yeah it is and you know he talked earlier about you know the the little ones and we've talked about it quite a bit it's not so much the antler you know it's we want to take the most mature animal out there. Um, it's our, our mule deer here in the state have declined. I think at nationwide, they've declined quite a bit. And, you know, with, with us, we used to be able to go out and see quite a few, quite a few deer, not here, far, far here from the house. And, um, you know, there's just not as many as there is out there. And when, you know, Diego started the main beam stuff, we kind of talked about it and, 
you know, we're big supporters of the Turkey Federation here locally and stuff in the Elk Foundation. So, you know, Rockman Elk Foundation and it's at least where, you know, throughout where I've been, I know there's a, a lady that supports it down south here. Um, I don't know how much that the Mule Deer Foundation is involved, that we're not involved in the Mule Deer Foundation as much as we are, you know, in other foundations. And, you know, we with Diego, like he's talked about it, he's Mule Deer is his favorite thing to hunt. He, he just wanted to do something and be a part of something to, um, you know, conservation efforts as far as the mule deer foundation to where he can hunt his favorite animal or can you know take other other kids take others out there to hunt you know mule deer just just to be out there and see them mainly um so he's just he we need to get in contact with somebody to where we can be a part of it and really you know really help out like we do the other conservation efforts so Diego, when you talk when you talk hunting to your buddies, maybe the guys that don't hunt or, or the ones that are interested in it, do you talk about the conservation aspect and Mule Deer Foundation and Wild Turkey Federation, et cetera? Yes. When you're talking to another another dude your age, what are the some of the things that you talk about or tell them? you know, about hunting if they're interested and they're just not after, you know, not able to, for whatever reason, get out there after it? Um, I tell them, like, that how it's fun to just go out there and be able to shoot a gun and be able to harvest an animal and be able to pack them out. Just everything that you can do with hunting. So you, you enjoy the pack out? Yes. There's a lot of people that, uh, <laughs> that dread the pack out, man. That's one of my favorite parts of the hunt. Sometimes it seems like it's the hardest part of the hunt, but, uh, one of my favorite parts. Packing out heavy is always a good thing, right? I, I like it. Dad carries all the body parts, and I call, I carry the head and a leg. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that extra effort, though, that uh, that to me is the culmination, right? I mean, I think to a lot of folks, that's the culmination. Um, it wraps it up, but there, there's a, yeah, the hunt's over, so you're kind of bummed about that, but that extra effort, that work, bringing it full circle before it hits the freezer, before it hits the grill, man, that's just next level to me in the experience. Absolutely. And and like he said, he always gets the, he always gets the victory lap with the, with the hide and antlers and he leaves the rest up to dad. So <laughs> we'll see when that changes. There'll be a point, man, where he's packing everything out and blazing by you. Yeah, exactly. I think that's about to happen this year. He's, He's on board. He he did a pretty good job with his Oryx, so he's he's on board to do the rest of it. So Diego, what has hunting taught you, man? Um, it's taught me to be a better person that just don't take stuff for granted. Because yeah, you just don't take stuff for granted and it taught me hard work, like packing an animal out or having to be patient waiting for the animal to walk out to where you can take a good shot or blasting them from a ways away and having to walk to them. And it's taught me 
Like, I've been taught by my dad that how to gut the animal and how to clean them and how to cut them up into steaks and stuff. So it's taught me a lot of life lessons, too. What's your favorite part of those lessons or what's your favorite lesson thus far? Um, it's pretty cool that I've been taught to be able to skin the animal and do that stuff because the next animal I kill, I'm, I'm going to be the one that gets to do it because I, I want to be the one that gets to do it, not my dad. So you want okay. 100% field dress, quarter, the whole nine. Yes. Awesome, man. We're gonna, awesome. We're, we're, we're going to take that down on record, guy, and next weekend on Havelina, it's all him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch the glands, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to make me smell bad. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, are you are you a little concerned with uh, with doing that on that javelina? Um. Well, from what my dad's told me, apparently they stink a lot. They don't yeah. smell very good. <laughs> You're gonna have to call me and let me know how that goes if you uh, if you get one down. <laughs> okay, I will. That'll be great. So we're always looking for improvement, um, you know, not just in, in hunting, but in life in general. Um, what are you focused on improving this year when it comes to hunting or just bettering yourself as a person? What What's your focus for 2020? Um. Well... I would. I really want to uh, be able to glass an animal a lot better, and I wanna. Um, I wanna get a lot better at wrestling this year, cause I'm I'm okay, but I can be better if I practice a lot more. And going, um, going to the state championship, man. Is, is, there's room for improvement still. Um. Yes. Heck yeah. All right, I cut you off. I apologize. You were going to say something else that I. Um, this and we have, um, like I was talking about Wayne from Virginia. Um, me and him made a friendship that lasted a lifetime from that tur turkey hunt. So, um, for 2020, we're going to go up there in, um, September, uh, October, September, October for a bear hunt. He's, he's uh, going to fly us up there and get me a bear tag. And hopefully we can get a bear from Virginia. And then I have some buddies up in Wisconsin from me and my uncle Ty going up there every year and just getting the puppies ready for the real season and getting the dogs all ready for the, um, for the real bear season. So um, up there in Wisconsin, they got they got me a tag for um, in July to go up there and kill a bear in Wisconsin too. In September. In September, so I have a bunch of bear hunts. They're gonna probably get in get in the way of the elk hunt, so I don't know. Uh oh, as fun as that would be, man, I uh, I don't know if I let anything drop in front of the elk tags. Well, I kind of, I kind of threw a wrench in there last year, guy. With, you know, with the one in Virginia, we, uh, I, we had already had elk hunters and stuff lined out, and Diego was a little bummed that you know we could get up to Virginia last year to shoot a bear. So, 
I promised him that we'd make some changes in the middle of the muzzleloader hunt for elk down here. It's And then the one in Wisconsin is right in the middle of the, the archery hunt. So there's not going to be much much elk going on this year. I think it's going to be mainly, bear. So from the sounds of it, it's more bear hunting than anything. So. What would be cool if maybe I can maybe I can get a bear from from New Mexico because we've been trying for a few years but we haven't been able to get one and yeah that'd be cool if I can get one from Virginia Wisconsin and New Mexico yeah because uh Virginia man they have some stellar bear hunting I got a buddy that's uh moved to Virginia three or four years ago and uh some of the pictures he sends me of that country man and that uh that fall with the color change um and then those color phase bears back there uh not the biggest bears, but phenomenally beautiful. Yeah, they are some. Wayne, he's talking about there, sent some pictures of some and they're just some pretty bears. They've got, you know, real pretty coats. And the, the actually, the bear that they killed on that youth hunt last year that Diego um, has the tag for is it was 400, 467 pound bear, I believe, is what they killed last year out there. No, that's not a slouch. Yeah, he was, he was a pretty, pretty good looking bear. He's pretty, very pretty. So, but we'll see how much I, I, I know you're big in the elk hunting and I, Dig was really got into liking of, you know, the dogs and stuff like that. My, my brother-in-law, he's, he's been out going to Wisconsin with him the last couple of summers. They spent two weeks up there and just during tree season and, you know, mid July. And, uh, I don't know if we're going to have a houndsman here also. He's wanting to get hound dogs and stuff like that. And, so it's, it's your 4-H animals or your hound dogs. We're going to have to pick one. So Hound dogs, probably. Yeah. My sister could show those for us. Yeah. So that's something but, we didn't touch on, man, is uh, give us a little give us a little bit about your 4-H experience. So you show uh, lambs and pigs, huh? Yes, sir. So why don't you give us a little background? How would you get started in 4-H, and what's your favorite thing to show? and um, well, it, it started when, um, my sister started doing it. I want to do it. You have to be, uh, nine years old to be able to show. So I, I always watched my sister do it because she, she likes to show goats a lot. So I watched her do it. And then finally I turned nine and I got to share the passion with my sister. So that's, she got me into it. And then after that, the second year I showed, um, a pig and two, two, three lambs. And I figured out I don't like lambs that much because they choke almost every time we feed them. But um, pigs, pigs are my favorite thing, probably. My dad thinks that pigs are stinky, but I, I like my pig. He's still, <laughs> he, he's about 800 pounds and he's still living in our backyard because he was such a good pig that at State Fair we sold him. But the people that bought him from me gave him back to me, so. We've just kept him because he's such a good pig. Wow, eight hundred pounds! <laughs> oh, he's he's stretching it a little bit. He's he's acting like a fisherman. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's a big old pig, man. We did we at one point uh, we did put him in the scale. It's been I don't know. It's been six months ago. We put him on the scale and he was quite a bit over. He was over four fifty, and we had kind of a hard time getting we had a hard time getting him out of the scale. So yeah. <laughs> Mom said no more putting him in the scale. That's he got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's over five hundred, I'm sure by now. He's is. Why don't you tell him what his name is and what you, what he what he can do? Um, uh, 
his name's Buttercup because he he kind of looks like um like Buttercup, like the candy. He looks like um like a Reese's. So I named him. That. And um he can he can roll over and he can sit like a dog. That's probably the main reason we kept him. Do you ever ride so- him? That's a big old uh, pig, man. <laughs> if I try hiding him, he's gonna buck me off, probably. <laughs> so that's a pretty that's a pretty big schedule and undertaking, right? But it sounds like your head is on right. You're focused. Uh, I mean, you got wrestling, you got baseball, uh, you got your four H, you got main beam addiction. Um, man, I got a lot of respect for a guy that at 11 years old is this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it and going after it, man. That says a lot about the, uh, the young man that you are, man. So my hat's off to you, bud. And that, that, that with touching on the 4-H stuff, I mean, these kids, they, they spend, they're out there before school. They're up, you know, with me working nights, I call them at five 30 in the morning. They're, you know, they're fixing to go out in the barn and, Right now, it's not as big of a deal, but come, you know, early March, they get got all of our animals and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of their time. They put in the effort and, you know, it, it, it shows it during the fair season and stuff like that. And it's pretty much a it's pretty much a year long deal. It, they get them in early March. And, you know, our, usually like our my daughter's last show is uh, the week after Christmas. So we're up in Phoenix for that show, for you know, for New Year's and stuff. And just the what they learned showing and, you know, having, having animals in the backyard and the responsibilities and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's a good thing. Keeps them busy. Yeah. Well, then that's important. There's a lot of distractions, man. A whole lot of distractions. Right. Diego with, uh, so you got the bear tags, um, Virginia, Wisconsin. What else do you have on the, uh, on the agenda, man, for this year as far as hunts go? Um, so next weekend, I got my javelina hunt in um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And that'll be a lot of fun. So, and then hopefully I can draw an elk tag this year, but not during the bear hunt because I really want to shoot an elk here. And then um, for hopefully we can get um, hunting league down here to go turkey hunting with them. And um, I also have um, that hunt with my cousin for the Havelina hunt, and hopefully we can get him to harvest one so he has his first animal. And if he does that, um, I'll I'll harvest an animal with my bow. Um, Just last weekend, we went over to our friend's Neil and Julie at Hit or Miss Archery Shop Center in Albuquerque. And um, they got me pulling back 36 pounds. So by the time that other javelina hunt comes, I'll be able to hopefully kill a javelina with my bow. And um, for that turkey hunt, hopefully I can kill the turkey with my bow. What's, uh, what's the required weight, um, draw weight in New Mexico? We don't have one, actually. Oh, no way. That I- yeah, we don't, we don't, uh, that I'm aware of it. There's not one. Um, I told him if we could get him to at least 40 pounds, I, you know, on small game, I think he'd be okay. I 
all game on, you know, on his turkey and javelina. So. Are you going to, oh, sorry, man. He's, uh, he's really gotten into the archery stuff, you know, again, through 4-H. Um, he's, if he's not back in the batting cage, he's out there with his bow, you know, shooting 3D targets and stuff. So. Nothing wrong with that. It's a passion. Definitely. You know, you know, you know, just as well as anybody you pick up a archery equipment, you're kind of hooked for life. Oh, you're done. <laughs> it's a done deal. Yes. Done deal. We're going to have to, uh, going to have to figure out how I make my way to New Mexico. So me and Diego could fling some arrows or go out on a hunt or something. So, um, absolutely. That'd be, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I got an idea. I'll talk to you guys about. Okay. Yeah, we got uh, something going on down there. Um, so, Diego, anything we missed, man? Anything you want to touch on? Um, any shout-outs to your buddies? Anything like that before we wrap it up? Mm, I don't think so. I think we hit all of the points. Hit all the major points. Good deal, man. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Um, I expect, I'm sure that we're going to see big things from you. Um, not just with hunting, but uh, in life in general, man, your head's on, screwed on pretty tight there, bud. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us on. Absolutely, bud. I, uh, I appreciate your time greatly. Elmer, thank you for uh, getting on with me again, man. <laughs> Cleaning up yeah, my no mess problem. over here. I appreciate you guys taking the time out. I know you're busy, so. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Well, we'll wrap it up here, and uh, yeah, we'll be talking soon, gents. All right. You have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Bye. You got it, buddy. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts, and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. The purpose of Valley to Peak is to provide sound nutritional information supported by science to help you prepare and perform optimally in the backcountry. There's no secret. This is done through education, coaching, and programming based on personal goals and preferences. Head over to ValleyToPeakNutrition.com or catch them on Instagram at V2P Nutrition.